Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Jackie Rice, CIO at Frederick Regional Health System. In part one, Rice talks about the rapid pace in which initiatives were rolled out during COVID, both in the acute and ambulatory settings, how her team is leveraging analytics to determine which technologies were utilized most and will need to be optimized, and why she believes it's so critical to embrace data as a resource. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first, a brief word from our sponsor. At CrowdStrike, we stop breaches, and it all starts with a tiny endpoint software sensor that works with Windows, Linux, Mac, and mobile, deploying fast with no reboots and no blue screens. We protect nearly 200 healthcare organizations with more joining us every day. Find out more about the power of the crowd at CrowdStrike.com healthcare. So the best place to start is with a basic overview of the organization, you know, what you have in terms of hospital beds, some of the other services provided, and where you're located. Sure. We are located in Frederick County, Maryland. It's kind of central to, to Maryland towards the, the West Coast. We are a community that is growing. We've grown 40% in the last 25 years. We have about 300 licensed beds. We have 20 plus ambulatory sites with lab, radiology, and other services. We have a Frederick Health Medical Group, just 100 plus providers where we provide services to the community. We have a diverse community with um, young families moving in. Part of our community is rural farming. We have a tech corridor. Our hospital is an independent county-wide organization that serves our residents in the community. And we opened in 1902 and have been independent since then. And as our community and board thought that we remain independent, although there are a lot more organizations that are emerging and being acquired during acquisitions. So we right. try to stay on top so that we can be that independent organization and provide all the services right here in, in our county. Yeah, as, as you said, that's something that's becoming more rare. And as the organization seeks to, to remain in, independent, I would imagine that there are steps taken or I'm sure that that's on the minds of leadership to really try to keep that. But is that something that is becoming increasingly challenging? I think that we do a lot with collaboration with different programs, the University of Maryland, through our Johns Hopkins, which are our two big organizations in Maryland. We do a lot of collaboration with the nonprofits right here in Frederick to understand what our community needs. And I think that is key. You know, the marketplace is ever evolving and the pace of change is accelerating at a large base, but our mission is to positively impact the well-being of every individual in our community. And we feel like we can we can still do that as an independent organization. It's important to understand the health equities within your own community yeah. and every community is unique. And being independent, we're able to explore and find out from our community what are the key health outcomes that are unique to our area. We have a, a definite deaf population. We have, like I said, all these different groups with growing families, that's retirement 
for some people, it's rural for some people, and we have that tech corridor. So providing the unique needs and meeting everybody where they are is what we can do as a a single Mm -hmm. hospital in the county. We're the only hospital in our county. Okay. And can you talk a little bit more about the tech corridor and what that is? So for technology, we have MedImmune in the backyard. We have a lot of those kinds of technology type organizations that are up and coming here in Frederick County. We're at a good place with a corridor to Baltimore and to DC, about an hour away from each of those. So this is a good place to land for those technology companies as they reach Mm -hmm. out into Upper Virginia, DC and Baltimore. Okay, so given um, the fact that you do really have a lot of diversity in terms of, of your population and even, even in terms of you said some of it's rural, and can you talk about how your team managed the challenges, the many challenges that came about uh, because of the pandemic? Pandemic is, was definitely a challenge. Again, the, the pace was very accelerated. And what we understand is that we have to meet our, our consumers and our patients on multiple channels to reach them that they need to be there. With our digital platforms, within two weeks, we were up with 100 providers providing telehealth services to the community when we were trying to keep people at home and safe. We deployed a lot more with our smartphones that we have out there so that our patients who were actually in the hospital could communicate with their family. You know, we had a no visitor policy for quite some time. So how do they communicate that with their family? And some of them had phones at home that they could do that. And sometimes we had to help facilitate some of that to understand where they were. More digital things that we did. How do we let them know when we put up our COVID tent and we were having so many tests done How do we notify them with negative COVID results? We always called the positive ones, but we used technology to send those texts for negative results. We had um, Salesforce in the background helping us to do self-attestations online for our own staff. Asset tracking for where are your beds, where are your IV pumps? We've moved several units around in our hospital multiple times trying to plan on that surge that could be coming in that was predicted. So how do we track everything? We developed a telesitter program. These were all on the horizon. So having some of that Mm -hmm. background work done, but to be able to do these very quickly and respond to our patients. And we did things to make the patient safe who are older patients need to see their doctor. So how do we get them in here and do that safely and and let the doctors put their eyes on them and see how they're doing even socially and emotionally when you're that age. So we, we worked on things like appointment reminders, the virtual waiting room that we rolled out fairly quickly so people could stay in their car and be told when to come in. What could we do for pre-registration? And then we also developed ways for us to keep in touch with some of the 
the chronic patients with remote patient monitoring. We actually had yeah. a pretty good program set up where we were monitoring about 100 chronic care patients, those with congestive heart failure or COPD, those kinds of things. And we quickly, during this, the whole pandemic, we've ramped that up. We're 300 plus at this point because we were able to keep those patients monitored at home, in contact with healthcare um, workers, but out of the ED to try to offer them that protection. So I would Mm -hmm. say the pace was very fast and we tried to understand the different things that people might want. We also had something that's an asynchronous telemedicine where if you were a young mom and you had a UTI, you could go on and answer some questions and have a provider text you back for, this is what we can do. You could go get your prescription for your UTI with, without ever having to come in or bring your kids in. Those kinds of things we, yeah. we try to provide for the different groups in our community. Right. Right. So really, as you said, so many of these things had been in the planning phase or even a little bit past that, but this was a matter of having to turn that around and, and ramp them up quickly. And I, I'm sure that that did present some, some challenges just in terms of the resources needed to do all of this. Right. Like I said, IT projects have a very definite process where you scope out your project, you identify all the people who are going to help. And we do trials and pilots and all of those things. And basically we did these things very fast in collaboration with the people that would be using them. IT is a tech enabler. So we're putting the tech out there, but we're also working with the staff that have to use the technology very quickly and providing the the multiple channels for people to interact with our community was very important. I think one of the things that we're doing this year though, is going back Mm -hmm. and making sure that we're optimizing those things like the virtual waiting rooms that was put in so quickly. So we're going back to, okay, what is really the best way? Pre-registration forms, what is the best way? Can we standardize it a little bit because we were putting it in so fast? Using our data to really understand who's using the asynchronous telemedicine, who still wants to use telemedicine and not come into the providers and, and who really needs to see their providers with that. So looking at our data and really understanding what we need to provide and working more on the details of that, refining it, if you will. Right. Yeah. And I definitely did want to ask about that. You do have so many initiatives that were put into place that were ramped up quickly. And was there a time once the pandemic had kind of slowed down where you had to decide which of these are we going to keep going and optimize? How did that process go? Yeah, I, in terms of I think that we're, those. Kate, we're still in that process. Our frontline staff are still, we look at the news every day for what yeah. is the predictions coming up this year? What are we going to mm-hmm. have to respond to? And everybody's very tired. People have gone into healthcare to provide that care and touch, um, but it's been a very stressful year for our um, workforce the frontline staff and those supporting the frontline staff. So I think we we are breathing a little bit better, but we're seeing what's the impact going to be this fall. In Maryland, yeah. we have 
of our population fully immunized. But like I said, everybody is looking. What we're doing now is you know, we try to be a data-driven culture and pulling that data together for exactly like you said, what do we keep? What meets the needs of people and, and what doesn't? Um, everything has a cost, right? So where's the best place to put our funds to, to have the tools for people in our community enterprise-wide because there are people who are communicating with the hospital, people communicating with our 20-plus offsites and our medical group. So what, what are the best tools? And I like to think that we use our data to figure that out and, and to work through that. And I think we're in the process of that currently. We need to embrace that data is our, one of our biggest resources. We're certainly in the middle of our data governance and enterprise analytics journey. That's, you know, one of those things on the, on the dashboard yeah. of, that's continuous improvement for where we are, but hopefully we're going to use those analytics. I don't think we're quite to the point where we're feeling like, okay, this pandemic's over and we can move on. We're not sure what we're going to face this fall. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.